It's all about the sauce. The sauce, the sauce. Boy, come and taste the sauce. The sauce, the sauce. She won't give you junk food. I will give you sauce. Hello, what's a guan? And welcome to Tea and Talk, our podcast for moms where we discuss hot pepper topics, chat with notables, influencers, and share our everyday lives with you each week. We're all native Brooklyn Caribbean American moms living in the suburbs and giving you a dose of how we navigate life in the hood, motherhood, sisterhood, childhood, the neighborhood. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you do, like, share, subscribe, and comment. This topic is all about how we're going to get through this September time frame from a pragmatic standpoint as parents who have to teach our kids. And let's start with Rita. How have you been doing? Okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, I've been teaching for New York City um, Public Schools for, this is my 17th year. Yep. I am the special ed liaison for our school. I'm, all, I'm also a mom to three boys. Uh, Ooh, I have a- You're 13, a boy mom. I love yeah, it. Yeah, a 13 year old, a 10 year old, and an eight year old. Oh, wow. So, okay. And my 10-year-old has an IEP. So. Thank you for that. And Aida, she's one of my favorites. She's been on our show a couple of times now. Aida, how are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, and, uh, you know, how you've been doing. Okay. So I am going into my 28th year. Mm-hmm. I am a second grade teacher. Mm. I um, can't wait for retirement. <laughs> I am adjusting to this because we have no answers. No one has the answers. They say we're going back, but it doesn't look like we're going back because nothing is ready. Yeah. Wow. I have I am a mother. I have a 30-year-old. Wow. Married for five years. And I have a 17-year-old who attends college. I'm Rosalind. I also teach with um, Allison and Rita at Boys and Girls. I'm a ninth grade English teacher. So this is my fifth year and I don't have any kids. So, but okay. the baby, but the students are my kids. So oh. there you go. Well, I feel like <laughs> all teachers have kids. Teachers, even if you don't have kids, you have kids if you're a teacher. Because you take a lot of that home with you, you know, Absolutely. School, especially, and you said you teach at Boys and Girls. Yeah. We're all Brooklynites, so we all grew up in Brooklyn. We know Boys and Girls, and we know the challenges that happen there, and the beauty, because it really is a very culturally connected school, which is wonderful. Hi, everyone. I am Shauna. I teach the beginners. I teach 3K. Mm. Um, I love the foundation learners. That's what I call them. Mm. I am a mom of four. 19, 17, 8, and 4. And I'm also in school myself. I am in a dissertation stages of getting my doctorate degree. Uh, I just, I heard you earlier being Dr. Shana. You'll be coming back on our show as Dr. Shana. Listen, when that time comes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. I love that. I'm like, you know what? If you work for it and you work hard for it, own it. And and, (laughs) exactly. Say my name. Say her name, Dr. Shana. I appreciate it. I personally, my son has ADHD. He was diagnosed um, two years ago, but it was a fight to get him diagnosed with ADHD. I never thought I would have to do that if my child had challenges with learning, but um, the school system where we are being what it is, and my son being one of those um, kids who falls under the radar because he doesn't have behavioral issues, 
and he doesn't he 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 knows how to fall under the radar even though his grades kind of speak to the challenges that he's having um i had one teacher in his second grade that took the time to understand i i literally had an intervention with her early on so she took the time to notice and help me fight to get the IEP for him. <laughs> um, an IEP um, is an individual, individualized, sorry, education plan, and it's based off of your child's uh, disability, skill level, and whatever their needs are. So it could be health need, it could be um, learning disability, even emotional. Uh, my son, his IEP is for autism, and I also had to fight, and I'm special ed teacher for 17 years, to mm. get his IEP because he also fell under the radar. He doesn't have behavioral issues, he's compliant, he, academically he's fine, but his autism um, affects him socially. Mm. Um, so he was not being super social. He had trouble talking with others. So I kind of had to fight for that too. So, you know, sometimes if there's not a behavior issue or an obvious learning disability, parents have a hard time getting help for their kid. But you definitely, the right thing is to keep going and to keep pushing and to find someone that will help you. Uh, well, I think Rita already kind of summarized what an IEP is because I'm yeah. a general ed student, uh, teacher. So I usually have a co-teacher in my room. So um, it's, a, it's a challenge sometimes, especially when we have to try to figure out how we're going to assess certain students. So when it came to remote, it was kind of hard. So <laughs> we had to figure it out. But um, just like Rita said, we in the same building. So we didn't really know about anybody who had COVID until after the fact that we were out of the building. So in my school, we had, we lost some parents. Mm. Um, we had about four teachers that were affected. Um, I lost very close friends, um, but um, none of the children. You know, you, you hear about COVID, you hear about it, but when it touches somebody that's close to you, yeah. that really takes you for like, I was just in a daze. Wow. And then to hear that my parent, I had a former parent that passed away. Like I've been at that school forever. So I had a former parent that passed away and that just, it just broke my heart. Wow. His daughter and how close they were. And, you know, so it's, it's just rough. So the first thing that um, we're going to have to do when we get back and they've even talked about it, we have to have some sessions with our children because, mm -hmm. and even us as a whole, because it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Um, Diane, Ruth, have you guys ever had that conversation with the teachers or has, it, has your daughter's kids had any conversations like that with the teachers? No, not uh, definitely at the high school level. I haven't heard any conversation. Mm. Um, and that's where and they I really think, need it. Yeah. And I definitely agree. I think we all are going to need um, some counseling and, and figuring out what normal is after this. Yeah. And, you know, will we ever go back and, and, how do we guide our children? Because we're not sure how to guide ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a transition. Yeah, it is. With, with me, this is Ruth. So with me, my kids pray every night. And um, I, I taught them to pray and be thankful. Just thank Jesus for everything. And my kids started praying about, please, Lord, let this disease, let this virus go away. And it's very personal for us because I had two uncles 
who got coronavirus. And I, I don't know if everybody remembers, but they got coronavirus. And then, um, yeah, within two weeks, they both passed away. Wow. So my kids, you know, they're with me all the time. So I went to the funerals and it's all outdoors and they're seeing their aunts and their uncles, people that we used to salute. You know, you give Haitian people, we give each other kisses. I couldn't let my kids go near anybody. I made them stay in the car when we got out the car I made sure that they stood a distance away from my brothers my sisters my mother Mm. um so when I saw what was happening with them praying and just being afraid all the time I I started having I got a journal for my daughter Mm. and with my son I just talked to him but my my daughter who's a little bit more smarter I have her write down what she's feeling and then we talk about it later okay with my son, who's just a boy's boy, I just, I, you know, I got him like a little car that's called the zombie car. And I asked him, what does it mean? What happens if you pass away? So mm. it's like a process right now. They're only six and seven, but they're fully aware that this virus has killed people in our family. And that um, it's definitely something that can affect them too. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different time. It's just a yeah. different time. It really is. It really is. And Shauna? Um, in the beginning for me, um, my son was just three. He just turned four last month. He didn't understand why he was no longer able to go to school. Um, Mm -hmm. so what I ended up doing for him is I gave him a just because party. And with this party, we just, um, blew balloons up, decorated the house. We even dressed him up. My daughter baked him a cake and we just sang just because for him um, and played music all day. So that was good for him. Mm-hmm. So how have you been coping with this past year as a teacher and having to pivot to distance learning? Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I start, please? Yeah, I got absolutely. the youngest group. Absolutely. <laughs> the youngest group. And for me, it was horrible. Mm. It was horrible. So out of a class of um, 13, um, from 15, 14, one of my students went back home to Bangladesh, so they didn't even get back to get on. But out of 13 students, I had five regulars, Mm. five that got on Class Dojo every day, did every lesson, got videos. If the system knocked them out, was trying to figure out how to get back in it, they were dedicated. Mm. The rest of my students <laughs> reaching out to the parents. Um, I'm going to say minus two because they worked in the medical field. And um, depending on how you raise your children, one of them had teens and one had a young adult. So the one with the young adult, I don't understand what was going on in her world, but she couldn't help her sister. But just a quick backstory, one day she came into the class to pick her up and I said, told her, give me five more minutes. I was almost done assessing her sister. And she said, um, I didn't think they can learn at this age. Mm. So I know that's probably why she didn't get on. But the other one had a teenage daughter who, of course, teenagers, and she's also in the uh, medical field. That was probably her disparity with helping her daughter. But I had five regulars out of 13. And it wow. was horrible because I expected more um, yeah do you think do you think that might have to do with just the lack of access to devices or were you guys giving them the laptops too because i know one of my students had their own ipad okay and that was given through the school no they already had it they'll come to school because you know my age they're bringing things to school so i'm parents. hey we can't have this we can't have that each one of my students had access they had either their own ipad 
or mm-hmm. their own, com- you know, computers in the home. Okay. Cause and I know that study beforehand. Sorry. I know. No, no. I was going to say that I know here in town, just the conversations that I've had is that you have one computer and you have like three children and the, a lot of the parents are trying to figure out how to get all three kids online with just one, um, with one computer. But eventually we were able to, the, the schools were able to start handing out the Google Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, it was like a huge challenge. That was one of the reasons why there wasn't as much attendance. You know, I was just trying to make excuses for the kids. <laughs> Let me leave it alone. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be defensive for the kids and, you know, but I, I get it. I totally get it. Does anyone else want to share like what it's been like for you during this whole like social distance? I will say my son's teacher, we had a real hard way to go when we first started the year. So she was not, I mean, everybody, she was not a very well-liked teacher. So she decided not to do any Google, no oh. Google know nothing she just sent us the, all the work in the morning and then in the afternoon I just submitted it and that was it and it was okay with me I didn't want to see her again but yeah. tell me ladies how did it go for you um for me this is Aida yeah. it was fine um I have a I always start my school year with open communication with my parents so I made sure I got a google phone number so that they could call me and ask me questions um some of my kids didn't even bother to come on and some of my kids who were struggling while we were in school, mm. they were doing so fabulous <laughs> at home, oh. but I knew that that wasn't them doing the work. Oh, you think the parents were doing it? I think the parents were doing I know the parents were doing it. Oh. I, well, I, I mean, they were Googling. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, y'all, there was one instance where I knew my son was late with something, so I did it for him, and he got like a 60. So just because the parents are doing it doesn't mean that it's good. He probably would have gotten a better grade if he had done it himself. I don't know that work. I haven't done that work in years. I was just trying to keep him up to date. The, the West Indian in me is, is like, where's the other 40 points? Why didn't you try and get your son 100? Yeah, I tried. I thought I, thought I was killing it. Oh and then my. I saw a 60. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm horrible at this. <laughs> this isn't working. I can't do this for him. Math and new everything. It's a new everything, okay? So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pass. That's all I want to say. Um, yeah, anyone else want to share? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm a people person. So it was kind of hard for me to adjust to be at home. Yeah. So I, I'm used to just being outside. I don't even like being home. So for me to just adjust for that was like a big struggle. It took me a while. I had a really hard time and wow. it took me about a month and a half to like really just say, okay, I, I got this. I, I think I'm okay. Cause my kids are used to come to me, even though they're ninth graders, but they're like babies. So they love touching me and hugging me and telling me their stories about their life and everything. So it, it was like a little struggle for me and my kids took a little time to adjust to it. And just like Shauna, I only had a few kids too and they didn't want to show up, but the ones that <laughs> did show up, we made it work and mm-hmm. it kind of, it helped because a lot of kids end up getting a hundred um, for their final grades. And I was like, okay, th- I'm going to give you the hundred because you was here every day. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so yeah. one of my students who popped in, mm. not one of my regulars, Remember, I'm working with three to four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. This student of mine was unable to connect the dots of writing his name. Mm-hmm. So one of the lessons was to draw a character from one of the books we read. 
Mm. When I tell you this elephant came back fabulous, that you knew it was an elephant, <laughs> I knew the parents did it. And I couldn't do nothing but holler. I called my co-teacher like, did you see this elephant? He can't even connect the dots. <laughs> so I just had to share that to piggyback off of you doing your son's homework. That yes. elephant was like professional. Yeah, you know, I think I don't think parents can really edit themselves. This really brought on the competitive spirit of parents. Like, yeah, I always, you know, a lot of times you don't give teachers the credit. I, I do have a question for some of the teachers because, you know, I, I know that, you know, some kids can be trying. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. D- did you find those trying kids to be the ones that are most receptive to this online learning? Fortunately for me this year, um, my class was well. I had a very well-behaved class. I didn't have any trying children. I did have one trying child, but he didn't show up for the whole remote thing. He didn't show up. Not yeah. one. So, wow. And he did nothing online. He didn't do any work, nor did he show up. So that's a good question. How are they going to grade this year? Because in my town, right. this year did not count. Right. So that's exactly what happened. You okay. know, couldn't leave them back. I mean, unless there was a really, really, really have all everything documented. And there was a parent who wanted her child left back. So that's the, why? Because she feels that he needed another year to get it Mm. together. Instead of trying to get him some supports. Wow. Because if she would have got him some support, maybe, you know, like having him get, um, they don't call a resource room anymore. They call it sets. But maybe he needed to get sets. That extra help would have done him fine in the next grade. But um, some people do not want to have any type of special education attached to their children. Right. But you would rather have your child get left back. Let me let me tell you something. This, my my Andrew, that's my baby. He, he's a he's a love child. Like he loves to just be very vocal and loud. So a lot of teachers don't like that. You know, Andrew's not shy. If he knows the answer, he's going to scream it out loud. To hell with raising his hand, right? <laughs> so what ended up happening is at mid-year, right before this whole thing shut down, they sent me a note that my child was going to get left back. You want to talk about grease your face, show up at the school? Who going to get left back because he's vocal? And he's- yes. That's insane. That, it was insane to me. And I said, mm. I gave you my son. He was reading three months in advance when he got here. He's in kindergarten. I mm. said, so you're going to tell me that my child, you, I gave him to me and you brought him, you gave him back to me and he's doing worse? I said, mm. oh no, oh no. I called the principal, the counselors. I showed up, my head was braided. I was ready. I was like, Terry, I told my husband, you better calm me down because there's somebody going <laughs> to hold my child back. But I feel like this gave, like this whole situation, as sad as it was, it gave my son a chance to just really focus because yeah. he was at home with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at homeschooling, which is what some of us had to do versus distance learning, um, homeschooling seems to work with a lot of children who do have those sorts of challenges. I don't, I don't know if your son is diagnosed like my son is, Ruth, but my son definitely has issues with um, following order and focus. Um, so I felt like he was much more comfortable at home. So when he did the work, he was, he was happier. I found a, I found a much more well-adjusted kid than I did in school because kids with challenges have a hard time in school. Mm-hmm. And I will echo, echo that, uh, having a teenager at home, 
Um, she was more focused and I was able to be more involved with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as grim as the time is with us being at home, it was helpful for my student as, as for my child as well. Yeah. And you know, this year is the year for me, my son was going into fifth grade. This is the year of bullying. This is when bullying starts at that age. So Ooh. I was really nervous about putting him into school and him having to deal with those things. And I know that kids don't have, you know, kids have to learn about it and experience it. I just feel like he's such a slow learner at this point. I wanted to wait for him to get bullied like around seventh or eighth grade where he was strong enough to like, you know, you know, <laughs> anyway, I guess at any point it would have happened, but I actually am halfway like looking forward to seeing how this fifth grade year goes virtually because it was one of those things that I did struggle with. I imagine you have to now deal with parents a lot more than in the past. What has this been like and how do you deal with them, especially with IEP students? Um, For me, I actually have a balance of working with both the families and the students because I also did case management inside of Head Start. Um, I would prefer to assist the parents with guidance on the lessons and things of that nature because some of them don't know. And for the ones who act like they do know, when you, I put, I use humor a lot. So when I joke about it, even for those who think they know more than what they do, which we are parents, so we know what we want for children. That's what I mean when I say that. Um, they're more receptive to it and mm-hmm. they'll try to apply it better. So you don't really have that combative spirit of a parent of you can't tell me what my child can do because we know as parents what our child can do. Um, I look at it as just giving them extra points. This is another way of doing it. If you do this and it don't go that way, try this way and then Mm -hmm. come back to me and we can work together. Um, I'm just a stickler on the whole parent-teacher communication portion and to give them that extra boost of what I call it, I think that works for me um, and working with my parents um, because also having the label as a teacher they feel that we have these extra notions of how to do something for some parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's just how I would go about it because I, I just like pairing up with the parents um, overall. Like I said before, um, I truly believe in open communication from day yeah. one. So I use a program called Class Dojo. Yep. And I speak to my parents every day. Homework goes on there. I put notices on there so nobody can say they didn't know anything. Open mm-hmm. communication helps a lot. When it comes time for parent-teacher conference, my, my um, meetings are very short because we're talking all the time. Mm-hmm. But for this pandemic, a lot of my parents were struggling. They were like, we appreciate your teachers so much because they didn't realize exactly what we do. Yeah. They don't realize it, but... It's, it's not an easy task. And then if you have a child that shuts down at home, the parent doesn't really know what to do. So it's hard. Aida, can you help me with the Google um, number? Because I hate to give my personal number to my parents. I was oh, giving them yes. emails. And the good thing about the Google number, the good thing about the Google number, when it rings, they have to say their name. Oh, before you can accept it. So you know exactly who you're going to be talking to. Right. Because I was giving the parents the um, company email and that's Mm. how we were going about it. Um, I probably had one because she couldn't answer emails. 
that actually got my number because I was calling her block. And then she wasn't answering those, returning it. And finally, I said, let me just call through. Plus and a minus, because she did reach out to me, but she reached out to me very often, unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But once again, I have no problem talking to my parents. And actually, her daughter was like my, my classroom daughter. So it was cool that she got it. But mm. she kind of abused it in a sense. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Welcome. She got a little comfortable. Memory, very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yes, <laughs> I, I'm open to learning that Google, how to get the Google number for this upcoming school year. And what I didn't share, I actually have to be to work in the morning. I don't know if we're doing hybrid or totally remote like before, but I will find out tomorrow. Oh, wow. Aida, I will be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so late to be finding out. That's so crazy. Please tell me about it. So ladies, um, with everything that has happened and moving forward, how do you think the classroom structure will change? Do you think we will stay uh, what we know to be normal prior to the pandemic? Or do you believe that things will change? Will we depend on virtual learning more? Okay, this is Aida. Mm. I do think that we will have more remote learning virtual in our school day, whether it be their homework or um, just for them to get on part of the day, we definitely will be using it. Yeah, I think that we're going to also like move more towards uh, remote learning because we have to think about it. We're moving into like a technological world, like everything yeah. is technology. So um, I think we're kind of like late when it comes to this technology, you know, learning yeah. this way because a lot of countries already have been doing this. So, yeah, yeah I think we're going to be using remote learning for uh, like a little bit longer than we expect it to be. So they, yeah. that's what the new norm is going to be for i honestly for my age group it's not it's not the most productive yeah um because we have huggers um constant reinforcement of love and attention that's the group i'm with and you you just can't get that via um virtual anything um for them to just have seen my face um weekly that brought smiles um talking and things like that but for my age group it's not it's not productive it's not positive yeah. so I hope that with the change if it does have some sort of hybrid that'd be great because we get to um we get to meet the kids they get to meet us they know how we are and things like that so when we do come online they know my tone okay Miss Shauna's not playing okay Miss Shauna is playing that type of thing as opposed to just seeing me on a screen Right. And fearing away from it, like they're turning to their parents when they want to say or do something that the parents is encouraging and forcing and shoving them. I had one yeah. parent do that. Go do it. Wow. So when they see me in person, they'll know, okay, yes, I can do it because Mishana constantly gives me hugs. She gives me confidence mm -hmm. and things like that. And she edges me on and say, I can do it. So I hopefully, I hope that for my group, that it probably be more hybrid than solely distant. I think from our end is going to change too. And it's interesting because I always say, I don't mind doing a hybrid like you guys do as, and I'm not a teacher, but from a corporate standpoint, I don't mind doing a hybrid where I'm working 
um, in the office a couple of days and working from home, as long as it doesn't change my salary. Because I do believe that a lot of things are going to change and salaries are going to change across the board for everybody. What I, the only positive thing I could say about this from a work standpoint is that those damn open floor plans are going to disappear. And I really hope they do. You know, when they like, took away my office, I knew the world was crumbling. They yeah. took away my office. I was like, something is wrong. When and you can't even have any time to yourself. To yourself. You can't even pick your nose. Not that I do that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but I want to thank everybody for coming on. Shauna, Aida, Rosalind, and Rita. You guys are amazing. I just want to thank you for all the work you do. You guys are not even our teachers, but I know that if there was an opportunity for you to, for me to reach out and say, hey, can I get your advice on something? You guys are open and I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys for everything that you do. Um, and I thank you for coming on and sharing and we look forward to having you back on again sometime to talk about it. Okay. Good night, ladies. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. The sauce, the sauce. Boy, come and taste the sauce. The sauce, the sauce. She won't give you junk food. I will give you Thank you for listening to Tea and Talk. If you like what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Until next time. When she give you subway, I will give you saltfish. We Caribbean girls are trendsetter. We wine better, we wine better. When you find ways like you find treasure, we wine better, we wine better. Cause everybody know we are go-getter. We wine better, we wine better. And we sweet like a dozen love a letter. We wine better, we wine better.